0: this is the big show on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
1: welcome back it is the big show i'm gordon monson patrick kinahan sitting in for jake scott and austin driving the bus back in the studio we're here at homey and uh, PK, we are fortunate enough to uh, talk with the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. How are you,
2: David? I'm
0: good. Patrick Kenahan.
2: Yeah. How are you? Oh, I, you know, I couldn't be better. I don't know that I've ever been better, actually. <laughs> I,
0: I miss you. We should get together.
2: Unless you don't want to. I've been waiting for that invite.
0: All right, what do you want to do?
2: Golf, eat food at your house, go in your hot tub. I don't have a hot tub.
0: So that'd be really weird. We'll buy one.
1: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Wait, David, he wants you to buy a hot tub so you will invite him to his house to sit in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we can sit in a hot tub together. Yeah, no, I've heard this whole conversation really clearly. I'm I'm somewhat concerned. Yeah.
1: If you could do anything and pick PK as your wingman or as your partner in such crime, what would you pick to do, David?
2: Crime?
0: Does it have to be a crime
2: or just no, an event? No, no.
0: No, just anything. Uh,
2: obviously, it would be pick up
0: chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going there. I wasn't sitting in a hot tub with you, and I wasn't going out picking up chicks with you. Those were not two of the things that were on top of my mind. Uh, all right, you got your golf invite now. That is, like, sounds fine and safe. Um, yeah, that, that's a good one, golf, because PK. I actually, I, I actually mean this is a great compliment to PK. Two things. Um... One, I would go on a long drive with PK, not romantic, just like if we were heading somewhere on a road trip, I would be up for doing that with PK. I think he'd be interesting. Um, and then, um, I, you know, one of my favorite moments since I returned back was the day he and I drove down to Provo and watched the BYU game together. So any sporting event where we can talk about it beforehand and after, I'm up for with PK. Yeah, the not in the hot tub back. and not picking up chicks. <laughs> he was just coming back to town, and uh, I
2: think that uh, the Cougars were playing Arizona, so he wanted a oh, way back, and I don't even know if he had a car yet when he was back in Utah, so I took him down there, and, and I don't even remember who won, but that was like his introduction because he was getting ready to start again a couple weeks later, whatever it was, and uh, then we went out to eat, and we went out to a little salad place right down here in Draper, and... I'm eating, and I take, like, one bite, and then Locke's done, and he's looking at me with these big eyes. What are we going to do now? (laughs) And he's already done. (laughs) I've, like, taken two bites, and he's done. (laughs) I don't remember this at all.
0: Oh, it's a truce. I couldn't believe how fast you ate your meal. I was in a hurry. You know know what I remember about that day is we're at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and we get in the elevator— And Lavelle Edwards gets in the elevator (laughs) at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and there's some kid in the elevator, and he says, Hi, I'm Lavelle, to the kid. Like, okay, the whole place is named after you (laughs) like, (laughs) But, of course, he's Lavelle. Still, you know, if he was still with us, God rest his soul, would still probably have his voice on his voicemail or on his whatever answering machine home when you ever called the Edwards home. Hi, this is the Edwards. Yeah, okay.
1: Well, I'll, th- I'll tell you, so, David, can you imagine? I mean, he was so humble about that. He's, like you said, his name is on the side of the freaking building, and he's like the nicest guy there.
0: One of a kind. Yeah, he was yeah. He was certainly one of a kind. Well, we were so lucky, frankly, because each of the coaches in that time period were one of a kind, right? Like Ronnie, it, Ronnie's the same. So Ronnie and Lavelle were these two guys that just had this incredible aspect of who they are, and – um in that way and I, I think Kalani and Kyle are closer to that than probably we realize I'm not sure that the world lets them be that what they would like to be frankly anymore
2: I have a theory that BYU would be a lot better as an independent if Coach Edwards was the coach because if he went into your home it would be so hard to say no to that man mm. that they would get better
0: players I mean, I I got asked the other day um, by Tony and Austin about the independent thing. I mean, I was probably the biggest trumpeter of this prior to even leaving, right? So, I mean, I I was digging into BYU going independent in 97, 98. I remember. Before I left to go to Seattle. Right. Um, I want, you know, I probably have to reevaluate and question whether I was right or not. I mean, I, I don't think I understood two things in that conversation. I don't think I understood how much it would hurt the basketball program. Um And I don't think I understood November. I don't think I quite got that. Now, does that make it the wrong move? I, I don't know. I mean, um, they're making more money probably out of it. And, um, But it does, you know, I don't, you know, it's hard, hard to tell. I, I still don't know what's right or wrong on that one. But I, I do think that those are two areas that as probably the first person who trumpeted this idea, Um, or at least really passionately, I I think I may have misunderstood those two aspects.
1: Since we're going down memory lane here a little bit, David, I remember early on in my time here, you and I went to uh, one of the big five huddles, and... Lavelle used to, I mean, he used to slice Ronnie up pretty good. I mean, he had such a quick wit, and and Ron would try to be funny, and Lavelle would just, I mean, and then you fast forward until uh, more recently before Lavelle passed away, you know, they were doing that show together with Hanson Scotty, and they were talking football and whatnot, and Lavelle was a little long in the tooth at that time, and he'd get lost a little bit mentally, and Ron would gently bring him back to the topic at hand with such care and such respect. That's one of my favorite memories of those two is how much, uh, how deeply Ron cared about Lavelle and the feeling was mutual from Lavelle's side.
0: Well, and I think the essence of the Big Five huddle is the essence of Lavelle and then maybe Ronnie is that the Big Five huddle was really for Weber State, Southern Utah and Utah State, right? Like that's who benefited from the Big Five huddle. BYU and Utah weren't short on coverage, but Lavelle and Ronnie knew that if they showed up for a lunch, then Dave Arslanian and whoever the Utah State coach at the time was—I can't remember—you um, know—and the Southern Utah's coach could fly up, and Charlie Weatherby, uh, my the head coach at B- yeah. Utah State at the time, mm-hmm. and, and that those coaches were working just as hard as they were. And they could get publicity and get coverage by Lavelle and Ron being willing to host this event. That, that that was the only reason that event went on, was because it promoted the other schools, and those two guys were willing to do it. Um, and maybe someone before Ronnie, I don't know, um, if Jim Fossil, that, if that preceded me, Jim Fossil um, did it, or whoever else before Ronnie. So. But it's to the credit of Lavelle, frankly, that that event ever took place because he just understood that everyone was working just as hard as he was, and so why shouldn't he? Why shouldn't he help him out? Did
2: so you get an opportunity to watch that USA Australia game?
0: I did not. I apologize. Three o'clock in the morning for an exhibition game. Um, not, not in my list of things I was planning on doing. My bad.
2: Yeah maybe. I didn't watch it either Gordon asked me that And I thought it was A stupid question too But I, I didn't expect You to watch it live <laughs> I thought maybe um, um, some, some tape that you Broke down Or what have you
0: well, I have not gone back To watch it I, I mean Some of the World Cup stuff I'm pretty curious to see As it plays out I think it's going to be Interesting I think it's just You know the idea That Donovan's been Named a captain And, and all this is going on I think is a really Tremendous experience For Donovan and um, And talking to people That are um, you know trainers and things like that they actually all think this is good for these guys but the the fact of the matter is that you um, you know that you're going to you what these guys need is a run and this is about as good a run as you can get him yeah. and he's going to be in game shape and ready to go um and I think the burden on him here is big like this is big like he and Kemba are carrying this team and you know, I don't know that he's totally ready for that. It'll be interesting to see how he deals with it. He's still a very young player. I think we still have to remember it wasn't he was on the bench halfway through his sophomore year at Louisville. So he's only been a go-to guy for a limited amount of time in his career. And here he is the, you know, he and Kemba are carrying a load for the USA. It's going to be kind of kind of great for him
1: to watch. David, we talked about uh, Donovan's role on the Jazz coming up, and uh, how important is it for him to be aggressive, to have an aggressive mindset, even in, as, as a part of Team USA? Because when he comes back to the Jazz, you have Mike Conley, you have Bogdanovich, you have uh, Jeff Green, you have these other guys who are new, but he do you expect him to be as aggressive as he's ever been, or even more so than what we've seen in the past, even though he's going to have more help at the offensive end?
0: shots a game last year. I hope he takes 19.9 shots again this year. I have no problem with his usage. I think there'll be easier shots. I think there'll be better shots. Uh, I think there'll be less force than they were a year ago. Um, But I I have no problem with his usage or his shot volume being exactly the same as it was um, last year. And, you know, I hope he's a bit more efficient, as I've said probably more than I should. I don't would like to get rid of that floater. Um, the fact that he took the second most amount of shots of anyone in the league other than Pascal Siakam in the paint non-restricted area I would like to see go away and he now has teammates that are good enough so he can continue that dribble through the lane on the Nash dribble and get it out to other people. Um, I think What really gets exciting about the jazz is if Donovan and and I'm keeping Donovan at that usage rate is if Donovan can go create things for everybody else. So Mike Conley has never played with a Donovan Mitchell in his career ever. I mean, if you look at the guards and wings he's played with, they're poor. And then you dig into the numbers and you look at Mike Conley, and if Mike Conley on an unguarded catch and shoot last year, his effective field goal percentage was 76%. 76. He was 51 of 99, and obviously a bunch of those were threes. On unguarded. He only got 99 all year. That's less than one, That's like one a game. He's in the 96th percentile of that. Well, you know what? That's not a fluke. You go back and look at two years ago, it's the exact same number. Well, okay, that's what Donovan's got to do. Go look at Bojan Bonjanovic. You know, Bojan starts to get, Bogdanovic starts to get these same kind of looks where Donovan brings the defense and kicks it out. You know, his effective field goal percentage was 63% on unguarded catch and shoots. He's actually one of the best guarded shooters in the league. So he's even a late shot clock guy we can go to and do some things with. These are the things that I think is what Donovan can do for the Jazz, and that's why I don't want his usage rate to go down, is I think he can open up all these opportunities for everybody else. I mean, Joe Ingles is probably, you know, you talk to the numbers don't back it up, but if you talk to Joe last year, he just didn't feel like he was open at all, that he had any chance. Well, this is a guy whose effective field goal percentage on open shots was 65% last year. So if we can start getting everybody else open looks because of Donovan's action, then let, let Donovan go to work and create those.
2: Do you think that uh, O'Neill starts and Ingles comes off the bench?
0: Not on September 23rd. Maybe by January 2nd. There's, I could see something something evolving. um, Whether it's Jeff Green or Royce O'Neill or Joe Ingles, but I I could see it evolve. um, But I think it's Joe's call. I think I think Joe's earned that, and I think Quinn will you know without not running the show like i think it'll be one of those things where quinn looks at joe and says you know let's go to work one of my listeners emailed me something interesting last night i thought was a really good point he was he was at the game in australia and he was talking about how bad the pick and roll was with aaron baines and Bogut and joe ingles um joe and rudy were actually pretty good um but rudy's a great roller and obviously joe and derek were great the numbers actually just so everyone knows Joe and Rudy were actually as good. Um, but what jumps out to me in that regard is that, quite honestly, Ed Davis is not a good pick-and-roll guy and, and has not been in his career. So, so how, how is Joe going to find those opportunities um, in the pick-and-roll with the second unit? Everyone keeps talking about that and wanting to move Joe to the second unit. i I, I actually not sure I think that's the right move at all. Um, I might find myself going the other direction, which is let's let Bojan Bogdanovic be a second-unit guy, and he showed last year he could be the number one option on Indiana after Oladipo went out and averaged 20 points a game. Let's let him be the first one that checks out early, not waste his time on the floor with Conley and Donovan the whole time, and then have, Bo- and have Bogdanovich coming and playing second units and, and doing a lot of stuff. Because I'm not convinced the second unit's going to be able to play a pick-and-roll game in the same capacity that they have in the past. I think that's going to be the impact where where, we, where you miss uh, the services of, of, Joe, of Derek Favors is that – Ed Davis it does a lot of things well. That is not something Ed Davis does well. Ed Davis, as a screener last year, was just not in the same class as as um, as those guys. I mean, he's he's okay, but he's just he doesn't roll the basket in that same in that same manner david i probably asked you this question
1: before but uh, i think 25 years ago you told me that radio is not linear different time different day but i'm going to ask you the question again for our listeners now how long will it take the jazz to reach their peak form with these new parts
0: oh i don't think it's um i'd look up what linear meant um (laughs) i uh i i don't think it's going to take very long i You know, the coaches who I've spent some time with this offseason will kill me for this comment if any of them are listening right now. I just, I think these guys are pros. Um, I think they understand the game. I I don't think it's that complicated. Um, uh, Maybe some of the guys will understand how great Rudy is and will take them a little time. I mean, it took Rubio a while to understand that he had to stop gambling and stop Taking risks because Rudy's so damn good that there's no value to taking that risk. Um, and so maybe we'll see that out of, you know, some of these guys. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be that hard. Um, and I'm actually finding myself even to the other point, I'm finding myself not believing in continuity. Um, anywhere near the way we always talk about it after watching the Jazz last year. I, I didn't necessarily think it gave them a great advantage last year. Um, that they knew each other. In fact, I thought it was a disadvantage as the year went on. Um, I clearly didn't help Boston at all last year to have that continuity. It was a disadvantage as the year goes on. I think it's going to bite Denver this year. Um, it's not the same team. It's not the same guys. It's people have left, and and they come back, and they come back different people with different expectations, different years in their contracts with different desires. And when you try to recreate something It would be continuity if the season never ended, but the season's over. So there's no continuity. That, by definition, is flawed to me. So I think there's a great value and a great spark, the fact that Mike Conley's learning how to play with Donovan. But they can figure that. I don't think it's that complicated.
1: Well, David, thanks for joining us. PK, as we speak, I think is booking a moonlight cruise with uh, you and him uh, together.
2: Just at night? What time do you need to play?
0: PK, let's get into it right now. Let's do it. When do you need to play? What time do you need? What time do I need? Like, uh, what time, like, what oh. like, you got a morning show to do, you got work to do. Oh, yeah, like, afternoon. what Afternoon? Like, Park City, you can get up here by noon? I said <laughs> afternoon, so 12.01, yeah. <laughs> all right, okay, I'll, I'll make the time, I'll email you, I'll text
1: you in a few minutes. That's one of his favorite courses, by the way, you love it up there, don't you?
2: Uh, he's talking about his country club, oh, he's not really? talking about Park City. Oh, okay,
1: all right. All right, David, thanks a
0: lot, man. You know David. about the dress code, right, TK? Let it all hang out. Okay. I knew that was coming. I, yeah, I was, was afraid of that. Yeah, I
1: don't want to think about that You know,
0: all. David James deserves, like, a lot.
2: A paycheck on the first and 15th. He's been getting it for almost 18 years.
0: Get <laughs> it without right.
1: you, huh? All right, David. Thanks, man. Appreciate you joining us. See ya, David Locke, there you have it.